Buenas na fadeg wow si JC ni KUM Podcast Network no sa no i kwento skutura para ta konsigi bona pagusa para ta gosa magai politik kuturata gini lingwahi dan todo do i muna possibility mangai gini paguna tempo di kultura i parta tungir en shotta i parta tungo manginen manut magi no tauta mas preciso i para Manuel Mona angin matusti i tempo nin sita ta disidi a gagi gini besitau magai za dos na Hobin Situ Hobin Sita dan Hobin Situ ginagai KUAM AM podcast network aside from not being a medical doctor I see him maybe once in a while not for a physical or a physical or anything like this but he is a doctor uh, nonetheless and is a very good friend zanu half tomorrow sina tato and yes yet sangazi half tomorrow but half natibo si doctor Miguel Luhan Bewakwa magai buenas hey doc before we go to our very very special guest uh, i hear that uh, you have a new um, uh, job here on the island again estino webuna magaso Hongan. And so yes, the hudingu a unibetsarat guahan, the pogumatsotsu gi lehislatura para esti imas imas maulikna senador. Okay, that's my la magaita tahanuna that introduces the so it's my pleasure, Magaitzanu Karinyosa, Bunita na na Hobinsita, the Atunga Magaita Mani Atiklu Mona Makunsigi, Vinigita Nota the Gwizanu Humilui Kumitea Ginigi Lahislatura para San Migai na Kumitea Magaitni Parata my pleasure and my honor and my privilege is Senadora Kelly Marsh Taitanu. Buenas and half a day, Senadora. Half a day, it's and buenas. And, you know, it's wonderful uh, to be hearing myself be referred to as uh, Hoban because of what I was what I would been saying for the last month or so is I just turned umko so <laughs> I just turned 55 so uh, I now qualify for a lot of uh, 10% discount <laughs> anyway uh, thank you so much for uh, um, uh, answering my invite here uh, Dr. Mike and uh, Senadora it was such short notice but something um I got a call a couple of days ago concerning, uh, you know, an organization that's, uh, that you felt, because I read your, your post on Facebook. Um, uh, uh, I got a call a couple of days ago um, from a young man saying, hey, we invite uh, our people at roughly 3 o'clock or 3.30 a couple of days ago pero maliya dan pero diskuti given ni legislatura right across the street anyway uh, concerning that unrepresented nations and people's organization uh, UNPO I read briefly on this thing and malafanta uh, explica uh, can you explain to me exactly what, what that is if you know both in the do you want me to explain sure, about sure. the UNPO Whoever, or do you want to yeah, maybe you can explain what it is and and whether they do or don't mm. stand for certain pro- mm. political positions, and then I can explain some of the benefits. Okay, okay. and so um, this UNPO, Unrepresented uh, Nations and Peoples Organization, it's interesting because it was started by a couple people, one of whom was a friend of the Dalai Lama, and so it was started because around the world there's people that live their lives, but they are not represented by the governments of the, of the countries, the, the governments of those countries. So in that case, of course, we have Tibet, 
where sort of Tibet has a very complicated place in relation to China, in relation to its own sovereignty. And then there's all these other peoples around the world. There's indigenous peoples in the Amazon, in India, that don't have the same rights as other people in the countries. There's ethnic minorities like the Kurds in the Middle East who have wanted their own state for a long time. And so the, un, the UNPO was started to try to give voice to those types of people where the governments don't count them, they don't include them, they may use their land for logging or for mineral extraction, for military bases, but their voices don't count in the decisions of the country. And so the UNPO is an is a advocacy group. So it, it, it helps to represent those who are not represented. Malik, and, and I learned a few things just by listening to uh, Dr. Maget. <laughs> but uh, so the way that I was thinking about this, because there is that question of what's the benefit. So first of all, as Dr. Maget was saying, that there is no political uh, particular mission. It's to be friends and, and allies, whatever your situation is. So some people have expressed maybe some worry or concern that that means we're committing ourselves in one direction or another. But really, having friends and allies, you can be asking for more equality within the U.S., having that vote for the president. We can be asking for assistance in self-determination um, and, and getting farther in that process. And then with self-determination, there's still, at this point in time, is no absolute decision. There are at least three options, right? So it's really opening up doors to options. And so the way that I was thinking about it was, it's just like living here in Guam in some ways. The more friends and families you have, the more you understand things and the more you can navigate things. So if I'm trying to do something at DMV or I'm trying to do something somewhere else uh, in another village, let's say, I can call on my friends and families. I'm like, hey, what are some tips you have? What are some lessons I could learn? When are the best times to go there? Is there a good way to ask it? Do you have a friend who knows how to help me connect? It's, it's a situation similar to that where you have groups of people that are there in similar situations or have gone through similar situations and so they're there to provide tips to each other uh, for us to support each other for us to be allies together and find strength in each other all of those sorts of things we're there to do together and there's always more strength in numbers and more knowledge in numbers and we see that some of our neighbors like Palau now they did make a, uh, a particular political choice for them but it doesn't mean it's going to be ours or, or anybody else's, but it really helped them when they were trying to self-determine from being part of the trust territory of the Pacific Islands. But as uh, Dr. Maget was saying, also we have people, are they Native Americans within the U.S.? And Washington, D.C., the district itself is a member of the UMPO. Maybe he can explain oh, yes. some of that. And so, yeah, that's kind of like confusing right now. Oh, no, Hunga. Once you get there, when you say D.C., so Tunga, Commonwealth, D.C., right? It's a, it is a, it's a district. That. It has a unique status within yeah, the United States. Unique, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. So for, and so that's why yeah. many people that are saying that this is the boogeyman, that this is, and not many because only a few people are saying it really, but those who are saying that 
that this is signing up for independence or leaving the United States. No. Uh, this was put on the radar by the Speaker of the Guam Legislature when she met with Washington, D.C., because Washington, D.C. has their own government, but because they want to be included in the U.S. more, they want to be equal, they have elected their own shadow government. So they, have elect, they elect two senators, but they're not real senators, like, you know, like Lindsey Graham or Mitt Romney or Kamala Harris. But they elect them, and then they advocate and lobby and so when Speaker Barnes met with them, they said, you should consider joining the UNPO. Because for them in Washington, D.C., they want to be equal in the United States. They don't want to break away and be independent. They want, that, they want to be sure that their voices are included when the federal government makes decisions. And so they have non-voting a rep in Congress. They have no senators. They have electoral college votes. But what they want is just to be a real full part of the U.S. But recognizes the United Nations? The yeah. UNPO? Oh, yeah. So that's one of the reasons why you want the, a group like the UNPO can be helpful is because it's expensive for us to go to the United Nations and lobby all the time. And a lot of times we're far out over here, and if you if you spend a lot of money to fly people over to New York to lobby, it takes money. People complain about that. But if you join with groups like the UNPO, they have people that are engaging in those discussions. So when an issue comes up, so for example, if the United Nations is taking on the issue of voting rights, the UNPO has lobbyists there who can advocate and say when they're deliberating, talk about Washington, D.C., and talk about Guam, and talk about places with the U what the UN may not think about. So if by, by joining a group like this, they help make sure that those that are usually forgotten, that hopefully they can be a voice for us and get us included in those discussions. So the more the merrier, no? the more people yeah. must make it out of the moon, put off a new plight, if you will, and you put up a recognition. Get up the and new in Kubakao is making me confused, getting me confused as to half a congress of the legado gigatu. Half an agua had the legado gigatu. Just a bit off of this thing uh, that we're talking about, if you don't mind. And though half a delegado nagayigatu, Guasumanganu and the representation for the taxation for representation, and the mere fact that, uh, you know, we're in an area where we have to have a bit of a voice, although non voiding delegate, but Patagon and the Classilo half a nagayigatu than half a significant wihi in a pro gaigi than Taimanu para e tratamento para hitagudimagi than e utumuna Christona, Komagahi na e matotsugi e denansina banda parabata. Must merecognize the half an necessita para fanhano para estitiana classed organization, which is grand, okay. which is good. No, I totally agree with it. Longin Matustagan on the temple, if it comes to that time where we have to go to seek help, uh, where all this time we already have the help that we're supposed to be getting half a zuna classy, why is there, is there going to be a conflict, if you will, or a half a stipat patafana and zuda? And so the delegate, is, the delegate is one of the few ways that we are connected to the federal government, and, but it is a limited voice, right? You don't get to really vote for president. The delegate can't vote. No votes in the, in the Senate. And then even then, when you look at the federal government, some parts of the federal government know about Guam. DOD knows about Guam. 
whoever's in charge of food stamps knows about Guam. FEMA. Yeah, FEMA definitely <laughs> knows about Guam. <laughs> but for the majority of the federal government, you'll find people who will uh, have no idea what Guam is. Huh? You'll find people who are, who are making the policy decisions about the United States, and they have no idea. And so when people say that the delegate, you know, the delegate is there to kind of try to to compromise while not changing things for the better. So you get like a, you know, it's kind of like you don't, in high school you have student government. You know, so you, you let the students vote and have, and have representation, but they don't necessarily get to make a lot of decisions about what happens at the school. And so basically it's like a, us in the, our delegates from the territories is like the student government and then the senators and the voting congress people are like the municipal government, the real government in the area. And so the, the delegate is just not enough. And, and also, as, as we've seen now, sometimes the delegate isn't on the same page as what's happening in Guam as well. And so we have to remember that one reason, it's not just more voices, but it's also different ways of approaching and trying to convince the United States. We know, so in the, in the Guam legislature, your, uh, your father-in-law, Carlos Saitano, they, okay. always, they always show him uh, a, a video of him being interviewed in the Guam Congress building. And so he, um, it's interesting because his advocacy and his role with the Guam Congress on the walkout was important in getting the Organic Act passed. But another reason, which we often forget, is that the international community pressured the United States because all of the countries were putting their colonies on the table and they were listing them and the United States refused to, saying, we, we, we won the war, we don't have colonies. But the other countries pressured the U.S. and so the U.S. eventually had to put them on the list. And then part of them was the pressure saying, you say you're about freedom and democracy, but look at how you treat your people in your territories. And so the Organic Act was also a result of pressure from international elements. And so when we talk about the UNPO, it's about more allies, as you said, Senadora, more allies that come from different angles. Because if it's just the delegate speaking one way, if they don't, they can just ignore him. Yeah. But yeah, if there's for the or her, or her, <laughs> yeah. or her. Yeah. Anyway, that's just leading up to uh, uh, you know the things that we really want to talk about uh, concerning our our culture and everything else. And I think that it goes hand in hand in which you know we we demand we demand that respect to and to be treated equally with other people that are uh, within the United States that are American citizens. And I do know that uh, our citizenship is at the uh, mercy, uh, if you will, or at the uh, uh, pleasure of uh, Congress. Uh, mm-hmm. They could meet tomorrow and say Taza citizenship para itautoguahan. That might be extreme, and they might not do that, but they could if they really wanted. And, and you bring up a very good point. And most of us would not realize that or know that that exists because it feels very comfortable and we do have many of the same rights, but it's that that absolute authority that Congress has. We only have the Organic Act because they unilaterally all by themselves 
placed it on us. We only have the rights because they look through each of the rights in the Constitution and said, yes, this one, no, that one. And we only have the ones that we have because they, again, unilaterally decided. So you're right. All by themselves, they could uh, seed Guam to someone else. They could sell Guam to Mm -hmm. another country. They could change citizenship. They could say that, uh, you know, we're not going to let you have elected government anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, maybe they won't. But the, f- but the fact that they have that kind of uh, power mm-hmm. and authority over us that they do not have over a state mm-hmm. does make us very unequal. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And we all know that. Uh, you know, as far as educating these people. And it all boils down to when you come around upon to the it's the political the minalagota the I was talking to uh, Dr. Bivakwa uh, about education. See, Wampat, see, Wampat, and Matuginigia, lots of Kuntutusipit. Offered the education, Gagisi Dr. Bivakwa, the Sua Sangan Pudi Dependenti, Independence. Mangiziman Malago, Pero Stados in Nidos, Mangiziman Malago, ni free association, often at the Manguentus and Osia, Mangi Education, often Monteleco, Kebiana, Parasi, Doctor Bivaka, Zani Minalagu, Azuna Grupo, Sapudi Independence. I want to be independent, I want to be free, man. Sa Adzwa, Masasanganio, Afamon, the Muzunga Zilinga Kumu State, Amzu Gohan, Mistigi para Maulik Parahita, Garantia, Angin Free Association, Guadata relationship, Guaha, Parman Parentis, Dididid, and Estados Unidos, a low Titatungo para Quantus Tempu Adzu. Pizigan, I know Matugi, Education, Paristo, political, political status, it becomes kind of like muddled a little bit because not too many people know about this. And the second enemy will be complacency. Well, why are you bothering me about that? <laughs> what about my social security that I've been paying for the past 50 years? How am I going to get that if I become independent? You still get it. You still get it. <laughs> I still get it. <laughs> just just <laughs> everyone. <laughs> now, this is for the average Joe, okay? They were brought up. They instilled in their minds that this is the way to live. And you are part of that American dream. And you could go there and grab it. All you have to do is just work at it. The Ziggy in Guinea, Hagasa, Atan, the Sempiman, my assistant, put the eatrotamento. Utungua as a fact. Na Adzanama, Manayan Sigida, say organic act. Some Matsuli Staetano, the T. Davis, a Tisidan in America, Italian in Matsuli Tanunia. They're not American citizens, so no, no, that's a no, no. You cannot do that. Mm-hmm. You cannot mm-hmm. go in there and just take their land because they're not U.S. citizens. Oh, my Lord. Let's go do this organic act just like enough. Give them citizenship. So right? that they could be American <laughs> citizens so that we have that right to take mm-hmm. their land five years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thanks to people like you. And Dr. Bavakwa and went to research that. So, often I win you, often I win you. Ginin manuzo magi hafa na siya ma funut i diretsoko. Yeah, you should uh, you should talk about um, the like the bill to honor Iman Manatsu because uh, talking because um, Senor Concepcion is talking just about like uh, how important how it's good that you know we're getting out these ideas this history to the people because um, a lot of people don't understand they don't know sort of what has come right before. you know I was of the generation that I was I was 
fortunate enough to take Guam history in some of its earliest years at JFK. It was still an elective at that time. But there are so many people my age or a little bit older who who didn't get Guam history at all. And it's it's such a loss of opportunity to hear wonderful things about ourselves and the island and the tomorrow as a people. And then I've been fortunate enough, like when I was at UOG, I studied anthropology and archaeology and those sort of things. And so I got to hear about those ancestral times uh, in a lot of different ways as well. And it's such a gift to be able to have that, but not everybody has been able to have that gift. And so I think it leaves a lot of us not understanding things uh, as much as we'd like to and understand how it can really create that sense of pride. And so one of the things that I was thinking about is I was inspired to a degree by the Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And, you know, I grew up with uh, Black History Month and being able to watch those documentaries and different types of videos every year. And they really meant a lot to me in understanding that part of our history. And it seemed to me, as much as we celebrate those things, and we should continue to celebrate people like uh, Martin Luther King Jr., who stood up along with so many others to really advocate for good things for the community, for being treated with dignity and being treated equally amongst others and things like that, that we have so many of our own heroes and and women uh, heroines, if you will, who have stood up for Guam in so many different ways that um, I really want our youth. To me, it's so important that the youth, but all of us, uh, even like I said, myself, people my age, we didn't necessarily get Guam history. And we have such a beautiful part of our history to share, to know that even at those times when uh, both you and uh, Dr. Maget were talking about uh, the importance of the international community standing up and putting pressure to make things happen, but you start looking on the inside, too, and you have B.J. Bordalio and you have others who they used to put out a blanket and people threw in their pennies and nickels and dimes until they had enough money to get all the way over there by steamship, by train, and I think a little bit by plane to get over there to Washington, D.C. And those are amazing feats that we should be proud of. So I I wanted to create a, a moment in time Outside of tomorrow month, because tomorrow month is a very special thing, but it, it is one time of the year. And to have us create more and more of these moments where we take the time to celebrate those special things about ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because yeah. The, the schools on Guam are named after important figures. But... Who the school is named after? At then, see F. B. Leon Guerrero. Who's went that? With, see, yeah, a lot of the kids don't know he went. He was with B. J. Berdalio, and they went, and they they were for almost a year lobbying in the belly of the American beast, trying to <laughs> trying to get a better a better deal for the Chamorro people on the other side of the world, and. And so, but FBLG is almost forgotten by most people, um, and so many others too. And and a lot of times it's sad because 
we've named schools after them. There may be parks named after them. There's the the barest minimum is given to them. Yeah, like Padre Palomo Park. Yes. And it's got a wonderful bus there, but I think for a whole lot of people, they wouldn't know why yeah. he's commemorated why, there. Why is he, and he's, yes. he's such a special person. He did so many wonderful things in our history. It's again a big media, maybe even a radio station or a TV station. They really have to look, in the, uh, look at that and, and bring out the history. Speaking of which, we, it goes right into our culture about all these mm-hmm. people are, are fighting for our rights in their own little way uh, whenever you get suppressed and oppressed and, and stuff like this law the things that I want to tell you I was looking over some of those history of Guam uh, from the 1600s to the 1700s and it was written history and it's obvious and it's only logical because of the Spaniards coming in and they started to repopulate it because of uh, for whatever reason I think they wanted to bring in more people right and I was like this is person atan pagu zakalantegi paradio ikidatay, for example. I di say naan pesa engin parata alluk na ina perfected samurit san makar parata sangan na zaza parata magahit without a big smile and somebody else's face or just denying na perfected samuru. I know you're very lucky, Senator Rakas. You can you have Taitano. I have Bavakwa. Well, you know it, and it's funny, at least to me, is. Both of my last names are like about uh, land, right? Mm. You have marsh on one hand, and you have no land on the other. So yeah, it's this. Marsh no land. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a, a kind of a funny uh, coincidence. <laughs> but the point that I'm trying to to get zahuna be bedeka masenona historia soltunga na guaginin. China magi tinu masasangat ma manselu agi magi long 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 time ago mangai uh, of course in Mexicano i Tagalu the north to Santa Claus in Tautaui and that culminates for what we are right now the if not interesting I find it very very fascinating yeah. ตาจะกินมากิติมันเปรยวิชาหามิตสมอรุอ่าจะยูโนวันนั้นเป็นสังกอบเบบิสังกันน่ะมาลิกูเมนติฟุมนุตสมอรุปะรากาตาวโตโ
I think that um, because of that complicated history that the Chamorro people have, I think it's one reason why the culture that emerged is very open and very tolerant and very hospitable. Because sort of there was a lot of... Because uh, for, for many years, people that would come into Guam and marry into the culture would, would be Chamorro. I always uh, remind people that Simon Sanchez was not ethnically Chamorro. But Samoan, he, right? Huh? Samoan. Or, or no, his uh, so uh, P, uh, Pedro Sanchez's wife was Samoan. Oh, right. There we go. So Simon yeah. Sanchez is Chamorro, yep. uh, Filipino, and, and Samoan. But Simon Sanchez, who the school is named after, mm-hmm. he was he was the the son of two Filipinos who were working for the Spanish government. But he spoke Chamorro really well, and he loved the island. Very much, and so actually, um, whenever people would tell me that the like the Young Men's League of Guam is supposed to be for Chamorros only, I would say actually no. There was a number of members who were not Chamorro, but they were accepted because they had embraced the culture yeah. and they could speak the language, and so, and so I think that's one of the really nice things about that history, which sometimes people can look at that history and say, "Ooh, Baba, now mega dinamalis na." It's, but then for me, I'm like actually, it shows the, a toughness. The Chamorro people survived, and even though the, a lot of bad things happened, they still kept a, a good heart about it. Still an open heart. If you want to talk about the original tomorrow before uh, old Ferdinand <laughs> dropped by and said, hey, uh, this is mine now uh, for, uh, you know, see, Mariana. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know that's old history. This is not like I'm a guy. The story, no. And also, not that like I'm a man. My last hundred tempo. Because I'm a man. I get the championship. That's not see Senator Mars. Titano. Apa ka niya kano hago? That's not how lamita how no tomorrow. That's not if pumalo siya ni mamumumuzit guha tagal ko siya gwi guha siya Mexicano guha siya. Oh, you don't all look not tomorrow perfect. Yeah. Wouldn't you agree, uh, Senator, that that in order to take on issues of justice for Guam and the Chamorro people, you don't have to be Chamorro. You don't be. have to be Chamorro. Right. Well, and I think it's really important that all of us here really think about that. You know, several years ago, there was a, a, a shift for me. I mean, I always cared about equality and I always cared about all of us, but there was something somewhere along the lines that that triggered me to start thinking about instead of the word equality so much or the concept equality so much it's like every everyone deserves a life of dignity and for me that really changed the way that i thought about it because when you have that concept of dignity to me it it just has something so much deeper that resonates right and I think for those of us that are here, it's really important to remember that we're in an indigenous homeland. An indigenous homeland is a special place in this world, and there's no other place like it for those indigenous people. And they will be connected to it. It doesn't matter what happens to the landscape. It doesn't matter who is a colonizer and claiming it. It is always going to be the birthplace of those people and their connection. Sometimes it's not in the blood. It always has to be in your heart. You are a tomorrow in your heart. Mm-hmm. 
If you want to look at it that way, you know, it's it's yeah. a it's a very deep emotional, very tagdung na na klasinsinenti. Zat ikep migay na tauto pure ziman hobin not to uh, you know say yeah. pagsay niya. Do sinaw na lo eh tamorujo langin tangi mikroson mo tayibli. Zangin gagi mikroson mo zina siyon sonic mo na ibiragwi tati si Doctor Miguel Bebakwa. Aparo fatsoto ginamagigitagwaan Aparo adzuda Dispago gagaya Afa mo na gagayagin si Miguel Kumuti yun ay dyan niya Sa gagayikurasong niya Parewa dyan hogu That's what we need more of is We need uh, strong hearts, passionate hearts, open hearts Especially nowadays when there's so much focus There's so much negativity But the problem is that when there's social ills It doesn't mean that we have to confront those social ills with negativity. We have to sort of uplift, and we have to invest. We have to sort of talk about our culture, no, Senator? Exactly. And so some of what we're going to be doing, um, I'm working with Senator Pito, and we're going to be having a series of roundtables. And with those series of roundtables, I think that they're going to be very important conversations because... You know, in listening at the public hearings to people coming from the probation office, from police officers themselves, from people who were working as marshals and so forth, they've been working in the system for 20 years, 30 years, and they've been telling us that... We need to be looking at these issues at the family level, at the community level, at the grassroots level. And, you know, I was just touring some of, uh, with uh, Dr. Omeget, I was just touring some of the neighborhood parks with Juanita Blas, who's a wonderful person, um, is so energetic and does so many good things for the community. But we were going around, and it was a bit of a walk down memory lane because I grew up in Santa Monica, Santa Barbara area of Dededo. But, um, Let's see. In in what she was talking about, wait, I was talking about help me remember what I was talking about. I For got her or to the on I got on the neighborhood parks, but the Oh yeah, because you were talking about the root of the problem. Oh right. yes. Yeah, and so you know doing exercises like that and, and trying to reach them at the those community levels and, and she was saying with those neighborhood parks, if we reclaim them, those youth in those neighborhoods, they have a place to play basketball again. They have a place to burn up some of that energy and to be connecting with each other in positive ways. And we need to find more and more ways to make sure that we're doing that. Um, it seems that when we have tight budgets, and, and certainly I understand the priorities of education, safety, and health, those always need to be the priorities. But sometimes we have this tendency to cut sports programs or to cut band or to cut po- cultural programs. But the way that I've been talking about it is in order for a community to be healthy, it needs to be mind, body, and soul. So you have the mind, that's the education. You have the body, that's the safety and the health. But you can't forget the soul part. Those kids need to have a healthy soul. They need culture, they need arts, they need programs that just make them feel valued, make them feel special, make them feel like they have something to aspire to. That's actually going right for the uh, juggler uh, uh, <laughs> thing, uh, where you talk about change your attitude because, uh, you know, it's the attitude. Uh, you can have all the money in the world. Uh, if you if and you cannot do anything unless you have that attitude in a very, very positive way. 
where you know yeah. that your attitude would lead a very, very, you know, go a long, long way uh, as you go about that. And maybe we should be focusing more because when you talk about attitude, there's some sort of respect that has to be associated with the attitude. You're right. Maybe that's the approach that we need, and as far as the heart, mind, and soul, uh, and the attitude that comes along with it. Tishino Hongi, Natanisitas Lape Paratanagoskasi Park. Como periods and attitude, if all those people have the same attitude in the village of Dedido, for example, or Santa Rita or Tamuni or wherever, the community could come together and help. Now it's just a matter of having that attitude. Can we have a meeting with all the Tamuning people, all the parents, and we'll go and we'll cut our own grass over Tamuning Elementary School? How about that? Put your money where your mouth is, name. What's your attitude? Why don't we go there and volunteer? Every Saturday, uh, maybe three, sa- two Saturdays a month, we will all meet there, and uh, our our kids are going to the school. Let's take a lot more and just go around and, and clean it up. That would save money for the government, from the mayor's cons or mayor's office and stuff like this. So it becomes a basic attitude of how you want to approach it, and that's a very novel attitude, if you may, uh, and that you will probably only get when you go to church. <laughs> well, and, and it fits right in with our service learning program. And so when I used to teach at the high school level, we had that service learning program. And it, it seemed to me, I learned a lot of lessons through that. It seemed to me so important to build that understanding that you know, a community can't it can't be taken care of solely by government workers. It needs to be that we're not doing the littering, we're not doing the graffitiing, and we are are part of filling in those gaps. And so, if we have uh, a little bit of that understanding, and you know, when those kids—I mean, we've we've scrubbed out bus stops, uh, we've repainted bus stops, and and then all kinds of community cleanup, but I think the kids get a different appreciation for those resources when they understand the hard work it takes to keep them clean. And so I think, you know, at least a little bit of that where we we have a stakeholdership is the way that they talk about it in our own community. And it gives us pride. It gives us maybe a little bit of protection. We're going to make sure that other people are not littering in our area because we know what it takes to keep it clean and have to clean it up. So, you know, we still need the government services for the main part. But I, I think it's a really valuable thing that we're teaching our youth that it takes all of us. The education and the attitude, actually, is in It's very, very important. I, I, I have to agree. Like I said, uh, if you give them a million dollars to clean up the village of Dedido, uh, for example, the parks and all that, uh, if tomorrow... Uh, they still have the same attitude about going over there and dumping right. trash. No, the, and it's just going to be the day they start littering again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, how about the swimming pool? 
Ah, well, you know, in the last year, I have learned so much about swimming pools, it's not even funny. I can talk to you about backwash controllers. I can talk to you about oh, sand filtration hello. systems. I can talk to you about um, acidity levels in the pool. And it's because the director and I really do care a lot. What the situation is, the pools, especially the one in Hagatnia, it is something like a 60-year-old pool. The sand filtration systems and the pumps, they've been around for decades. And so um, we we do care about them, but they're going to take a whole lot of TLC, right? And and it's been good in this way because we've had to really roll up our sleeves and do a whole lot of research in the last month or two, uh, or even longer for the for uh, really uh, if we look at the big picture. And we've been doing this research over the last year, and we've been finding these uh, reports and these assessments. And it's really giving us a lot of answers. So we're getting there with the solutions um, step by step. And uh, we still have a couple more solutions to figure out. But with that director, I can I can say he's been working pretty much night and day. Yeah, perception uh, of how the world is going to change, especially yeah. in Guam. Do we have this problem 20 years ago about swimming pool? Do we have it 25 years ago? Do we have it 30 years ago? Yeah, no. and that's a, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, you know, I think there are a couple of things. Now, for the last several years, there have been problems with the pool. And so it's kind of like some of the discussion we heard when UOG came to testify, that you can be um, kind of at this critical stage for a while. But at, at some point, if you don't have enough funding, you you are in critical stage so long that things just break down and there's no necessarily repairing it. And so we are in the process of completely replacing the sand filtration systems at the Hagatnya pool. So, Biba, for that one, I, I will me, be celebrating I that <laughs> day when those sand filtration systems are, are installed, <laughs> believe me. <laughs> I'm sure that uh, 600 years ago, uh, the Natibu Ginimagi, they weren't thinking about a swimming pool. They have this whole ocean out Hey, they had, about, uh, right? is yeah. there, you know, I know, I know um, Lost Pond is near Hila'an. Mm. And so we had done some research for some of these names that have gotten, uh, places that have gotten renamed over the years. So the best that we understand, the name for Tarzan Falls is Kanu'un. So do you know, have you ever heard, I know Hala'an is near Lost Pond. Has anybody ever come up with a name for that pond? I'm sure there was one. There had to have been. I've never, there had to be I've never heard it. The Mat, uh, Matanhon or, or something like this. Anyway, it all culminates into uh, trying to make things a little bit better, you know, here mm-hmm. in our island. Zamalika magufu naman matonzu, zazawa tanuk ta fragmentus matsa. Bula guni sa bula kumitayanian si senadore guni, Honorable Senator Mars, Titan of Mars. Mars Titan would dispense like uh, hey, uh, you know, and Nolan. <laughs> I've, I've tried to, you know, I tried to talk my husband into hyphenating his name, but uh, he's just a little too old-fashioned for that one. I bought him a T-shirt that has Mars Titano on it, but he'll only wear it when he when he absolutely has to. So. No, bula siya para ta diskuti Thank you so much for your patience, Doctor. You have more patience than GMH. 
very many many uh, appreciation much appreciation for the fact that you took time out to come over here just in the interest of our listeners for my Pegas TV podcast KUM Podcast Network and uh, uh, different of other different other avenues uh, that you will hear on the internet low uh, this is a start the UNPO if it is not discussed with me half a wise in existence and uh, it started out by two people and is growing in you know great proportions they pomarukniza united nations and people fuck to do not tempo no in the meantime it's got to know we have this peaceful solution uh, for recognition so gonna be nine in prata and man my representative you know my gigs go on you love america gonna be a tinahun yazu that tipo tatsugichi sonia itauto natimate tendia So, Hodzio, who are you? Why am I going to have to pay attention to you? You're just a territory, and I can pull the plug anytime on you. Now, that's the basic attitude on my callers that are calling in. At any time, I'll just pull the plug, and you're not going to be an American citizen anymore. How about that? You like that? Hmm? Uh, I'll just tell the admiral to take over Guam. Never mind about the senders. Never mind about the governor. Mm, We could, could do that any given mm. time. Well, and you know that the nickname for Guam used to be the USS Guam because it was run like a carrier ship mm-hmm. back in the day. Well, you know, uh, yeah, a lot of people <laughs> think, thinking that it's it's really a a, a, a big island ship that's uh, protecting the entire world. Uh, but we could talk about the build-up <laughs> at another date. Ultra-bi. Ultra-bi. Dr. Michael Luhan Bebakwa, then see... <laughs> Marshland, no land, uh, you know, you put that in Samoa, No disrespect, I'm sorry. That was of course. a bad joke. Yeah. <laughs> See, Kelly Marsh, Titan Old Senador, Mina Trentai Sinkuna, Laisla Turangohan, Gwalsi JC, Guinigi Quintus Cultura, Estay Manali, Talu, Buenas, Jan Half a Day.